It wasn't all that long ago that a company did the unthinkable. In mid-2018, Apple was the first company to ever hit a trillion dollar market cap. In 2020, they hit two trillion, and now they're more than three trillion dollars. Apple is now worth more than the combined value of 200 companies in the S&P 500. They're worth more than all of the companies listed on the stock market in France combined. They're bigger than the entire economy of France. They're bigger than the stock market of Germany and China and the UK. They're worth more than the GDP of Italy and Canada. Right now, there are five U.S. tech companies that are members of the Trillion Dollar Club, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, and NVIDIA. And today on Dumb Money, we've done the math and have a prediction of who will be the first $10 trillion company. And it's not one of the current top five. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Dumb Money Live. There, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. We are nowhere near the trillion dollar club here, but we are closing in on 100,000 subscribers. We need your help. We would love to get to that 100K number by the end of the year. I have no idea if it's even possible. As of this moment, we are just 1,485 subscribers away. I bet you're already subscribed, but I bet you know somebody that would like what we do here who isn't subscribed. So I want to do something a little different. If you will, please take a second, send a text message to the top two people in your messenger app. Tell them to subscribe to youtube.com slash dumbmoneylive. We can't do it without your help. Let us know you're on board by smashing the like button. Chris, Jordan, it is great to see uh, both of your faces this morning. Chris, I know you were really bummed uh, with mixing up the time zone and missing the last show. You did so much research for the last show and it resulted in a pretty bold prediction. The first $10 trillion company we're going to reveal that and exactly how we got to that number in a minute. But I want to talk for a minute about how 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 big three trillion dollars is, because Apple and their three trillion dollar valuation, I think it's hard to wrap your head around just how big three trillion really is. So here's here's what I like to think about. Imagine your bank account has a million dollars in it. Three trillion would be enough for a million dollar bank account for every person in the city of Dallas, plus Denver, plus Detroit, plus Des Moines plus Dayton, plus some other smaller D cities. And then there's still nearly $20 billion left over. That is $3 trillion. So $10 trillion would be all of those plus a million dollars for everyone in the cities of Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, Phoenix, and Philadelphia. It is an insane number. And Chris, you think that there is a company that can hit $10 trillion within the decade? Yes, by 2030... I never thought I would say this, and quite honestly, in you know the 35 years I've been investing, I've never felt this excited 
about an investing opportunity before. It, it's 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 almost inconceivable how large this opportunity is. And um, you know, I've been talking about this a lot the past year, and I think there are some people finally starting to catch up to my thesis. Uh, as you guys mentioned last week, there was a tweet about it, but I, 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 I have a more measured take at what I think is going to be the first ten trillion dollar company. Um, in fact, I don't even think it's that speculative of a prediction. I think it's almost an assumption that this is going to happen. Uh, the company I'm talking about is Tesla, and it, you know. It might not be what you think. It's not about Tesla's automotive business. It's not about Tesla's energy business. I want to I want to share a stat with you guys that is much more interesting than that $3 trillion stat, okay? So by 2030, there will be a global human talent shortage of more than 85 million people, okay? Now, left unchecked, <laughs> that 2030 talent shortage is likely to result in $8.5 trillion in unrealized annual revenue, okay? Okay, so that said, I'm going to share my analysis that shows you how the Optimus humanoid robot that Tesla is working on alone, okay, can get to a valuation of $10 trillion for Tesla without displacing a single human by 2030, okay? So we're not talking about displacing humans. We're talking about simply helping in a very small way to cover a very tiny gap. A small oh, portion of the sh global shortage of humans that that are expected to need to do something can be replaced by these Optimus humanoid robots. So... Of the projected 85 million person global human shortage, okay, in 2030, I'm going to discuss how Tesla's Optimus can help with 1.5 million of those humans, right? Just 1.5 million. That's it. That's how I'm going to get to a $10 trillion market cap for Tesla. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how right now. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. I'll tell you where I'm starting. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of sectors and professions that will be disrupted by humanoids. But I'm just going to pick 10, okay? I'm not going to talk about the 50 to 100 I have high conviction in. I'm just going to talk about 10. These are 10 areas where we have job shortages. Excuse me. We have employee shortages currently, okay? So let's just walk through the 10. And I'm going to tell you the average all-in hourly rate, okay, for each of these 10 professions. Now, we're going to start with, and I'm going to also tell you where humanoids can be value-added to each of these positions, meaning where humanoids are actually optimal in these positions over humans, even though we're not going to replace humans here, okay? And then I'm going to walk you through financial projections of exactly how I got to that $10 trillion number. So starting with manufacturing assembly line worker, okay? Now think about this. Robots work continuously without safety concern and absolutely increase the production, 
production efficiency and the consistency, okay, of those assemblies. We're looking at about $25 an hour all-in cost. So these all-in costs include, you know, various forms of insurance and other employee costs, okay? These are all-in. This is not the hourly rate that employee make per hour, but the all-in cost of a company is about $25 an hour on average. And and you're talking manufacturing assembly line that humans are still doing by hand. So like a lot, of, a, a lot of manufacturing is... Maybe not a humanoid robot, but it is a machine that is doing a lot of things that are like monitored by a human and quality controlled by a human. But you're talking about the all-in cost, including insurance and all of the things that that pile on top of a person's base salary. It's so like twenty five dollars an hour is your is your average here. As much as we have moved to robotics, generally there are tens of millions of jobs that require more humanoid or humans along with those assembly lines. So yes, that that's what I'm referring to. We have major shortages, major shortages there, okay? Especially since the pandemic. Now, we have elderly care assistants. Again, major shortages here, $17 an hour. Now imagine the specialized care, okay? The highly specialized care and continuous assistance that robots can provide in that space. Again, massive shortages coming. Our retail customer service representative, something that we deal with every single day, the potential for extended service hours, consistent customer engagement, which is the dream of every company, right? Uh, reduction in employee theft. And you know, the biggest nitpick issue we all have these days, having to tip at the register, no more of that, right? No more tipping at the register. So it actually reduces, uh, consumer cost as well. Uh, warehouse logistics handlers. Uh, and by the way, that was on average, it's getting up to $17.50 an hour is kind of the all-in cost from, for, for companies for that job. Warehouse logistics handlers, okay? A robot's ability to work in various conditions without any fatigue is just unreal. All right, for a logistics handler. Uh, average all-in cost is about $21 an hour. Um, by the way, notice that we are not going to discuss any consumer applications of humanoids in this episode. This is purely about the lowest hanging of the lowest hanging fruit of job shortages. Hospitality staff, including hotel concierge, receptionist, uh, all types of hospitality staff. Uh, the round-the-clock service capability is something that's badly needed and critical, while, again, also lowering guest costs. No tipping the bad guy anymore, right? Um, all those costs are gone. In fact, Dave, we had dinner last night, right? We had a dinner with our wives last night, and the service was you know, pretty good. Um, and by the way, as a, as a restaurant owner, it's not like I'm trying to displace any workers, but wouldn't it have been nice? Do you think, was the tip worth the value that we got in that I mean, fine it was an expensive meal and the tip was very high it's it the hourly cost for the person who just waited on our table was was a very good wage would but, you have preferred to save on tip and not tip at all and ha we would have had virtually the identical dining experience right like is, isn't that kind of always the dream isn't that what every other country has kind of adopted well, there, there's still costs there in other countries, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think that is a, that's a job that eventually is going away, whether we like it or not. But again, we're not talking about displacing workers. We're just talking about the shortages in hospitality. There's massive shortages across hospitality 
we're not talking about waiters, okay? We're talking about, you know how many hotels now have gone, have basically stopped certain services because they can't <laughs> find employees? I mean, if you think about it, we, we were talking about having a robot perhaps work the front desk at a hotel, but already, like the app on the Hilton app, you, you can check in, choose your own room and get your digital key with like three taps and you don't ever have to go to the front desk anymore. There are still edge cases where we need a, a front desk person and that that could easily be covered by a humanoid, right? Okay, so let's, let's move on. Medical assistant for routine tasks. The ability to handle a super wide variety of specialized tasks um, would be unbelievably beneficial, right? Uh, for medical assistance, for all the routine repeatable tasks. And that's what we're really focused on, repeatable tasks. Um, that is an area where we have massive job shortages already today, and they're only going to get worse over the next six or seven years. Here's one that seems really obvious, right, guys? Hazardous materials handling, nuclear energy, chemical manufacturing, uh, waste management, uh, dealing with any radioactive materials. This is an area where we have massive job shortages already. It's only going to get worse. There's huge safety concerns. The insurance costs are through the roof. Uh, the average hourly rate all in is about $50 an hour in that space. Um, fast and fast casual food workers, right? The actual food prep itself and the order handling is a repetitive task that, let's be honest, no humans really want to do. These are jobs that we want to grow out of over time. But again, we have such shortages. We're, we don't have to displace humans. No. Uh, we're talking about the first 85 million don't need to be displaced. Uh, we just have excess demand. Uh, but that is a that is definitely a sector where humanoids will fit in right away, early days. They're already being tested in that capacity. Um, here's another one, security guard, okay? Now, the mobile integrated surveillance ability of humanoids overlaid on top of just the presence of having a security guard is unprecedented, right? Also working in challenging environments, right? And having that 24-7 surveillance ability, digital integrated video live of everything that's happening, having someone remotely being able to see and discuss, having a single human, maybe over 50, 40 to 50 uh, humanoid security guards massive operational efficiencies. We're looking at an all-in cost of $20.50, although I know personally, having to hire a lot of these security guards, the cost is actually a lot higher than that. But we're going to be really conservative with all these average cost ranges. Uh, agricultural worker, only an average cost of $17, um, but it's all about operational <clears throat> consistency and precision in tasks, harvesting, planting, the productivity and the efficiencies from every one of these positions, but especially this one that we would get from a humanoid uh, over a human would just raise the bar significantly. Uh, now, when we think about all these jobs, you can make a case to where a humanoid, due to the efficiencies, we should be able to demand probably a 20 to 40, in some cases, 50% premium over the all in human costs. But for purposes of this exercise, guys, I'm going to make some assumptions that in early days, we're only able to get 75% of the human cost. So we're talking about a 25% cost reduction, even though humanoids are operating on a much more productive and efficient uh, scale than their human counterparts, okay? So we're talking about filling unfillable jobs 
meeting a very tiny portion of the job of the human shortage and saving companies money over what they pay for their human counterparts to be ultra conservative. We're talking about humanoids on average working 16 hours. So basically two shifts in a 24 hour period. Um, I think that is very doable for the vast majority of these positions. We're talking about the humanoid. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's averaging. And in that case, you're actually talking about basically one humanoid doing the same output, the same number of hours as two humans would have been able to do. So in, in a way, you're, you know, the 85 million shortage is is cut because you now have more hours available in the day because the humanoids don't need to sleep. They yeah. have a maintenance schedule, but they don't have to uh, just work eight hours and then have a work life balance. No overtime, right, for employers, but not only is there no overtime, because I'm averaging out 16 hours a day, some companies will use these humanoids 24 hours a day. Some won't quite make the 16 hours, um, but the ones that are able to use them more than 16 hours, I think if you utilize the, the humanoid for over a certain period of time, I believe you will get discounts uh, on any hours in a day over that time. Now, I should have explained this earlier. But the way humanoids are likely to be deployed uh, to the commercial and industrialized world is not through sale, only through hourly use. So it's like an hourly lease. So the Tesla in this situation would actually be leasing out all-inclusive on an hourly rate to various industry sectors. Um, Tesla would cover the maintenance, the repairs, the servicing, um, all of that would be inclusive, but the employer would simply pay an hourly rate and likely be required to absorb a minimum number of hours. And if they were to go over that, they're likely to get a discount. So it's like the inverse of paying overtime, right? Because mm -hmm. each humanoid is being budgeted at 16 hours a day. And if you have, happen to have an application that can use them 22 hours a day, then you're willing to give a discount because that's all ancillary right? Additional revenue uh, for the, the humanoid manufacturer, which is really fascinating, right guys? Okay, so let's just walk, work, work through these numbers. At 17%, uh, excuse me, at 75% of the weighted average rate, which I believe came out to $22.50 across just those 10 industry sectors, that gives us an hourly rate of $16 and 88 cents an hour with a average of 16 work hours in a day the humanoids will be put to use 
350 days of the year. We're allotting some time for uh, replacement, uh, some time for servicing, right? If, uh, if a humanoid goes down, so we have a little wiggle room there. Um, but that ends up grossing $94,528 per humanoid on an annualized basis. And that is being super conservative at 75% of the human rate. Again, I actually believe we'll be able to get not only full human rate, but in many of these industry sectors, 20 to 40% above human rate, because one, we're talking about shortages in humans. Yeah. Two, we're talking about much more productive, much, much more efficient uh, workflow. In addition to that, do you know what I'm not accounting for? I'm not accounting for all of the other expenses that will be saved. So when you think about this, the admin, the level of HR, all right, the liability insurance, there's so many other expenses that are involved with maintaining. A yeah, another another big expense would be something like employee turnover that this could solve, right? Employee turnover, because I believe that we will be in a net, uh, we'll be in a net kind of more demand, significantly more demand than supply for the first yeah. decade of humanoids. If at any point a company was not utilizing and wanted to send them back, they would probably be incentivized to send them back so they can be yeah. redeployed, right? So I do want to push back on just one little yeah. area here in that, so you've got a very wide range of applications that you're targeting for this, which I think is fine because they're, you know, they're humanoid robots. We've seen um, that, you know, with kind of the robotics applications that, you know, maybe one company will create a platform, right? And then you get other companies that sit on top of that platform and create these more customized or more, you know, industry focused um, use cases, right? And then you, because you can't have the same, you know, top end software, the top end operating package, you know, picking you know, uh, picking grapes as you are going to be inserting needles into people's arms or doing, you know, healthcare or something like that. So, um, you know, well, I think that there is room, and I think you make a good argument that um, that you could have this wide range of deployment. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe there's going to be different companies that sit in between as a middleman, right, to where that $95,000 average um, maybe, you know, Tesla gets a portion of it. Maybe they get the, the lion's share. Maybe they get the 60,000, but then there's going to be a company in the middle that's doing the specified training or the, you know, the operating system on top of the base operating system. Yeah, it almost comes down to how easy each one of these different uh, robot robotic applications. I, I think you could be right, Jordan, but I think most of the applications that I, I'm reviewing, at least for the first 10, are fairly repetitive, fairly straightforward in terms of, you know, full direct deployments, meaning in, uh, in my assumption is based on a two year period, probably starting in 2025, when a company such as Tesla or other humanoid companies would start their training, like they, they will be training with these various sectors, and at least for the big sectors, uh, developing that that kind of, you know, AI uh, learning loop, right? Yeah, I think the uh, bigger, more generalized sectors, I think you may be right on. I think as you start to go down the specialization chain, 
that that then you're going to have smaller companies come in to pick up that training. Yeah, and and I think the more you know, you you said just a, like a medical assistant that can be trained to do some simple things. That's way different than a humanoid that's doing a full surgery um, that would require a lot more training. I think, I think that bringing that. Yeah, my my reason for bringing that up is that Chris mentioned medical in the in the list of jobs that he thinks that this could help augment. Yeah, and I'm talking about probably the same way that our nursing robot does 20 tasks, not even, just yeah. constantly all day. Well, the thing is, it doesn't do any patient care, right? It's No, 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 I know. I, I know, but right. I'm saying, like, yeah. imagine the humanoid maybe doing 20 or 30 human care, but very routine tasks such as wiping the butt. I know it sounds crazy, or giving a sponge bath, right? Yeah. So, no, but th no, these, yeah, these are... True. These are tasks that there's massive shortages right now. Nobody wants to do in that. And there's dozens and dozens of tasks like this. They don't want to do them. Uh, cleaning a situation that's toxic or one. I mean, I, listen, I, I can talk about 50 tasks in that and that nobody in that industry wants no, no, to I do. I totally agree that these are like the perfect. You know, it's a perfect application because it's designed like a human, but it doesn't have judgment. It doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't care what it's doing. And I think that when it comes to like, is there a company that sits between the human humanoid robotics company and the end use application? Some will have specialized, but I, I think it really comes down to how well the software is trainable. And are, are you able to let your Optimus watch some YouTube videos and now it's an expert or does it have to have some additional uh, hands-on training by someone who, you know, how trainable is it? If it's super trainable, right. so that's you don't need that, that middle base operating system that um, that is customized that you can train on top of. But what's nice about you know software is that you train one, and you can just copy the you can just copy the training over to as many as, and you don't have to actually train each individual robot. You just have to train one robot really well. Yeah. Uh, let me just quickly go through the financials just so we're all on the same page. And I'm not pulling this from thin air. For those y'all watching today, you probably know that. We've been investing in private robotics and humanoid companies as well. And we do have some insight into the cost structure of these humanoids, where they are today, where they're headed in the next 24 months. Um, and we're relatively comfortable, I'm relatively comfortable uh, that we'll have about a $40,000 humanoid here in a few years in terms of the production cost. Or, and I'm not even thinking of someone producing them at scale like Tesla, but just for the generalized production costs. So I'm use, utilizing a $40,000 figure. Again, this is gross revenue per bot of $94,000 annually based on my assumptions. So the payback period is less than six months. It's like what, like a five month payback period. So beyond that, and this is, this is a pretty loose estimate. I've estimated that the cost of servicing, maintaining, replacing when there's repairs, uh, and having actual oversight of those humanoids from the manufacturer in terms of uh, monitoring is $10,000 a year, okay? So that is the ongoing cost. So think about that. We're talking about a 90% margin product here. Uh, per humanoid, $94,000 a year at an ongoing cost of $10,000 a year. So with the, with nearly unlimited demand, you're, you're only covering a very small portion in your estimate of that potential so that. total addressable my, market. So I'm going to get to my in-service number. My in-service number by 2030 
and this is assuming that Tesla begins deployment and testing and training in 2025. Now, to be clear, the humanoid company that we're invested in is initiating training and deployment in 2024. So in early, early next year, uh, our humanoid is going to be deployed and start training with logistics companies. We already know that Amazon is testing humanoids with one of our competing private companies. So this is happening right now. Tesla is a bit behind uh, and they're a bit more measured and differentiated in their approach to their Optimus humanoid. So we're going to assume that their testing doesn't start until 2025. I am estimating that there is a two-year testing cycle before they start actually manufacturing and producing humanoids for any of these use cases. And I have an assumption that by 2030, or the end of 2030, that of the 85 million humans that we are short in the world, <laughs> right, uh, for commercial applications, that the Tesla bot will be able to serve one point have 1.5 million in service okay so just 1.5 million humanoids globally that's it in service generating ninety four thousand five hundred and twenty five dollars a year in gross revenue puts us at a hundred and forty one billion dollars a year gross revenue okay um so when I look at the operating expenses, it's roughly $12 billion a year. Now, remember, we're, we're going to spend about, I think it was like, I don't know, $60 billion. I, I, it was a fairly large number, $60 billion to produce these. So Tesla's going to have to take out some debt to produce. So I'm not concerned about that. I think that will be an easy an easy get. Uh, with the upkeep, excuse me, my upkeep was $8,000 a year. It was not $10,000. $8,000 a year. Gross operating expenses of $12 billion across the 1.5 million uh, humanoids in service with an annual operating profit of $129,792,000,000. Now, if we utilize Tesla's current P.E. ratio, I think it sits around 80 or so, and I actually think that Tesla is going to have P.E. expansion once we enter the humanoid error, okay? Well, let's, let's just say that, that, that the PE stays where it is now of 80. That puts you at a $10.38 trillion valuation just for the Optimus division of Tesla. So I laid out what I believe is a, rel it's a speculative but relatively conservative uh, estimate of where... Optimus can take Tesla by 2030, and guys, and that assumes is, that there's nothing that goes off the rails. That that yeah. it, it continues to be a top priority for Tesla. That Elon doesn't do something crazy that sets them back several years. That even by his own estimates, I mean he's estimating 100 million robots, and you're only estimating 1.5. So, like. <laughs> That's a very, I feel like it's a conservative number, a conservative way of getting to a $10 trillion valuation. But, but Dave, I want you to understand that the numbers I'm pulling are not coming from thin air. They're based loosely off other numbers. Other industries. Of. Industries that will use this. It totally no, makes sense. Not only that, the production, the production, the utilization, the hours per day, these are all uh, related to other 
humanoid company estimates that I've read about, that I've discussed with other humanoid engineers. Uh, so these are not coming from thin air. This is very doable. This is an execution play. There are a lot of ways that Tesla can mess this up. But again, this is not like autonomous driving where nobody has done it. There's no, where we have government regulations that could theoretically push out autonomous driving uh, for 20 to 30 more years. We don't know. That could happen. Yeah. Okay. This, yeah, I mean, there are government regulations that could come in for some of the industries that you're discussing. I think when you're talking but about health applications, things like that, that's going to be at. You know, this is not, remember, this is not human displacement yet, right? This is accommodating need, right? Government need. need. To, to, to start save talking, revenue. Start talking, anything that interacts with other humans, the government can step in real quick. I think um, that there's a good chance that the government steps in at some point, but yeah. I kind of think that it's going to be the EU that is faster to like put some roadblocks up, faster than, than U.S. Uh, government. Because if, if you look... That like, could be, unless it's seen as a threat to American jobs, at that point, the government could step in pretty quickly, right? And we know... You might know that it's not right. It's 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 jobs that people don't want to do, but it's still it's it's all about the optics. It's all about. It's not just the jobs that people don't want to do, threat. though. It's jobs that that companies need to hire for that there aren't enough humans to do. Perhaps, yeah. And so that argument can be made, but it all it can also go. It can also kind of backfire. It it could, but it's real. I, you're right, and, and that will be a debate that will be had. I think it's it's incomprehensible. The same way that you can't stop a company from making machinery, right? Like, like we can't stop automotive manufacturers from building all the robots. There's tens of millions of robots deployed that have displaced humans all over the workforce, like all over the work global workforce, right? So, like, you can't stop that. You can't stop the new McDonald's, which does has very few humans, right, working at their new concept, right? Well, the uh, the drive-through concept. You yeah, like I said, I think the, any the, biggest, the biggest opportunity for any, you know, for any sort of regulation is going to be when these robots start interacting with humans. They already at, interact with humans. I mean, there's robots, there's tens of no, millions no, no, of robots no, 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 that no, no, interact with about, like, like, if you're talking in a healthcare situation, if it's not just moving, you know, dirty clothes around or, you know, fold, whatever, but if it actually starts picking people up or moving people around or... Anything like that. Well, okay, okay, I, I agree. There are some scenarios where it's actually caring for an individual. I do completely agree with you that there there will be more debate and probably yeah. more regulatory conversation happening. And it really comes, there's a lot of like um, medical equipment that has robotics in it. Like think of a hospital bed and how many directions it can move. It doesn't think what it needs to do on its own and do it, yeah. but- I mean, does it? It just yeah, does it. it. So it, 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 what's, what's interesting here, guys, or then say I wish it were down. I think that's totally different than a humanoid robot that's totally autonomous doing a job. I think it's not even a. It's not even well, it depends on how autonomous it is. Like if it's told that, um, you know, like like a bed that you push a button and it says, "Okay, we're raising the bed." If you tell a robot, "Hey, we need this person flipped over," that's that's a task that's. That's a mechanical thing. I just we're not talking about the same thing. <laughs> I think we're splitting hairs. I see both sides. I definitely see both sides, but I think the mere fact that Jordan is bringing this up means that it will be a conversation that will be had. We yeah. can we can debate how far 
the regulatory conversation will go for each of these use cases. But Jordan's right. If he's thinking about it, don't think for a millisecond that people whose job it is to cause problems won't also be thinking about this, right? Uh, risk management, it's going to happen. The conversations will happen. I don't believe it will be a major roadblock to any of this. Now, you could, autonomous driving is a whole different world. Like that, I think to me is the big, because when you're talking yeah. about mach, you know, machines that carry humans that weigh tens of thousands of pounds that move at 50 miles an Rolling hour. down the street towards like, other humans at 60 miles an hour. Yeah, that, yeah. that seems like a regulatory uh, issue. That seems like a major one. And I'm actually kind of shocked where that's being tested, that it's being allowed to the degree that it even is. But I'm not concerned about that here. But guys, I think that we're not financial advisors and we're not you know, making predictions for you guys to invest in. But this for me, like I said, I've been investing for 35 plus years. This is by far, I think, the most exciting thing that I have seen in decades as an investor. In fact, the last time I was kind of this excited for a sector play, uh, one of my friends and co-founders of a company, we were walk. I, I'll never forget the street we were walking down, and this is an engineer, and he spent five minutes explaining to me just how large cloud computing was going to be. And I literally went to my computer and I bought a massive amount of Amazon. And I think it was at like, this is pre-split, like 70 something dollars a share. And I held it for the past nine years. Okay. Now that person was Jordan when we had ticker tags in the early days. And I don't think Jordan went and bought Amazon today. And I, to this, to this, I know you've had Amazon on and off through that period. But yeah. it was because of Jordan that I went in as deep as I went on Amazon. And I still hold those shares today. And it is one of the biggest gainers over the past decade for me. And it's just like, it's just made so much sense. It was almost like a, like a train that was coming that you just could not stop. And he was so clear in his conviction about that. And yet you still didn't like go all in on Amazon the way I did at the time. But I feel even have, I have even more conviction about this because at the time there was a grouping of people that in Jordan, you remember this, that really thought that cloud computing wasn't going to take over the way it did. They thought that there would be this resistance from on-premise and that cloud, it was like a cloud versus on-premise. I don't really see any debate here long-term for people that understand uh, how quickly humanoid engineering has come in the last 18 months. Uh, and by the way, when I read the comments on the Optimus videos on YouTube and TikTok, it is so clear to me, people are so, so skeptical. They don't, they're not mm -hmm. seeing what we see. They don't, like, we've seen behind the curtain. It's real, guys. It is not a choreographed thing. This is absolutely real. This is happening. Humanoids are taking over the earth. That is going to happen at least in terms of commercialized and industrialized applications, there's no stopping the fact that we will have millions to tens of millions, I believe hundreds of millions of humanoids working around the globe over the next 10 to 20 years. We can debate how quickly it will happen. We can debate who the companies will be that will deploy the majority of those humanoids. The thesis here is that Tesla will be a leader, at least a top three manufacturer of humanoids. But it's as far as I'm concerned, 
this is happening and I'm laser focused on how I'm going to make money off it over the next 10 to 20 years because it's so clear to me that the rest of the world doesn't believe it yet. And that there's the, there is the ARB opportunity. The fact that I know that something is going to happen and the majority of people just don't believe it because it's so different than anything we've ever seen in our lifetime. It's, it's so, so science fiction-y. It doesn't seem like it could possibly be real. And that's where I think that the, the difference in not everybody believes it. And if you're as convinced as Chris is, well, how could you not invest in it? Yeah. It, and I'm even going to try, and I don't know if this is doable, Dave, but when we, you know, we, we're going to have a bunch of humanoid episodes this next year. And one that we're working on right now is the private company that we're investing in that's been developing a humanoid for the past eight years. We are going to do a, a couple episodes with the founder of that company. We're going to tour and 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 show you guys kind of deep insight into how that humanoid is evolving, and that's going to market next year. I would love to create like a humanoid SPV uh, for people that I don't know how we can legally do this without pitching people, but I would love our like followers to be able to legally invest, not just in Tesla, but to have some, have some, you know, be able to invest kind of in early stage humanoid companies like we are, because we're playing both sides, right? We're pay, we're playing the smaller humanoid company that I think will be worth billions within a few years. And we're also playing Tesla, which I think will be worth $10 trillion uh, in seven years. Now, I actually think we might make more money off of our small startup humanoid company just because the valuation is so small. Um, but with levered options, and I plan to lever myself up in Tesla quite a bit over the next two years, I'm hoping Tesla stays low the next six months um, because I don't want to do it yet. Uh, but I'm planning to lever up and I, I can't wait. I really hope Tesla stays low the next six months because it's all about the humanoid trade for me and nothing exciting is going to happen with the Tesla Optimus in the next six months. We might get another video four or five months from now, six months from now, but you're not going to hear yeah. that. No, I, I don't, I don't expect a huge push. I don't, I don't think we're going to see much and everything that we've seen so far from Tesla is just a little bit at a time. We're just seeing a video here. Um, during their next AI day, we'll see we'll see what progress they've made to this point. Um, but yeah, I'm not expecting. It's still, I'm not yeah, expecting it's still based in on the R and B phase. We're not anywhere near the manufacturing phase yet. Um, I, we're not not for Tesla, but you know, so Jordan, uh, our humanoid is going yeah. into full. Well, field. Yeah, you're right. I was talking about Tesla. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tesla. Yeah, yeah. They're about a year behind. Uh, yeah. and, and by the way, they could probably, with, with what I saw, they're probably, if they wanted to push it out quicker, they probably could. I don't think they will because with Tesla, the stakes are way too big, right? Like the eyeballs on them are way too big. There's too much. They don't need to push something out prematurely. Well, um, the thing also, is, they could, you know, they their test scenario is to push these things into their factories, right? Um, to where, you know, some of these other smaller companies, they're trying to work with companies that either have factories or warehouses or whatever. It, it, and I think that's a good point, Jordan. I think something to remember here is I went over 10 uh, job professions of likely 200 that are ripe for humanoids. The reality is that I think Tesla can meet that one and a half million humanoids in service 
with a single profession. If they just deployed humanoids in manufacturing lines, right? Yeah, so that, yeah. right. We don't need to have them in healthcare. We don't need to have them as security guards. We don't need right. to and have so them as spreading it across a bunch of industries, at least at first, then they can keep all of that revenue, right? Correct. Did, Correct. did I see somewhere that Tesla is actually hiring a human to oversee robots in one of their factories? I, I think that they're actually already putting some of the humanoid robots to use in, in probably very isolated test cases, but I think that that's, that's happening already at Tesla. You, you, I, I think you're right, Dave. And listen, I could have thrown up a much larger number than $10 trillion and, and said it with conviction uh, today. But at some point, it just seems too ludicrous to others. I didn't want to come off like that. Uh, the $10 trillion number, I think, is really approachable by 2030. Um, so I, I've I, made my notes on what you were talking about today. Are you going to uh, post tweet this somewhere so that anyone who yes didn't yeah. write down everything you said will have I a, am I have a reference I, point and something they can look back at in five years and say okay here here's how how close he was. Yes, I follow my Twitter in the next week. I'm going to be tweeting out a thread that will document this entire thesis. Um, so follow at Chris Camillo and Dumb Money TV. You know, Dumb Money TV will probably re retweet it. So, yeah, I, listen, guys, this is so critical. As an investor, we don't come across opportunities like this every year. I think they come around every five to ten years. Certainly, cloud computing was a big one. Um, not that that opportunity is necessarily over. Um, AI, listen, AI, AI is a big yeah. one. Here's the difference with the AI guys. AI came and the market armed it out so quick with NVIDIA because, you know, NVIDIA and SMCI, like, like they armed it out so quick. Not that there's not more room for some of these pure AI chip companies. There could be, they could 5X from here, but this is one where we're going to have a little bit more time, right? Because there's massive hardware involved. Uh, we're talking about actually having to produce hundreds of thousands of these humanoids, deploy them, test them. It's not, it won't move as quickly as the pure AI thing happened earlier this year, where all of a sudden every cloud computing company wants to develop their AI and there's an arms race for chips. Yeah. And by the way, this will benefit chips as well, but I'm not exactly sure. And I, this is something that I want to ask next month when we do our humanoid episode in person. I want to ask the founder of our company what type of chipsets, right, these things are using, who the beneficiaries would be there. From my conversations with him, it's he was telling me that this, there really weren't any super expensive parts except for like the joint what do you call the joint thing it's like actually yeah so as far as like the chipsets are concerned you know the your real expensive chipsets are going to be in the computers that are doing all of the training and all of that stuff Correct. which are all they're actually on board are going to be less expensive chipsets yeah so so the chipsets that are driving ai development generally would just this is just a part of that right because there's some specialization here with humanoid ai but the reality is it's just piggybacking on the AI train. So a lot of the hype that we had for humanoids last year was 
pre-AI. Like, that's what's so crazy. Like yeah. we, we were just as excited about this in 2022. And now when you overlay AI and how much quicker these humanoids can be trained and adopted and how many use cases, guys, I really can't wrap my head around. Like what I really mean this change is the ultimate opportunity for an investor, right? When there's massive change happening in the world, that's when investors have the most amount of opportunity for gains. And there's never been a change like this. Uh, this is this is like the birth of the internet, right? The birth of it's like the, the birth I. Of the internet. It's like the invention of the iPhone. There's there's like these key moments that happened in the progression of technology and the adoption of technology, and like AI, you're not putting the genie back in the bottle once it's out. But, but Dave, the thing is, we've seen AI-driven applications that are software, and they very few of them have barriers to entry. Very few of them have moats. Some of them have exclusive data or exclusive content or exclusive distribution, which is kind of like a moat. But for the most part, Silicon Valley does not even know how to value all of these AI companies because we're unsure if there's any moat to their business. Humanoids have massive moats, okay? Think about this. Manufacturing millions to tens of millions of these humanoids, being able to service them, right? Being able to repair them, being able to deploy them at scale, being able to warranty them. How about the cost involved? I want to remind you guys that my projection had a cost of $60 billion at a cost of $40,000 a piece. So Tesla needs to raise $60 billion in order to manufacture the 1.5 million Optimus robots. How many companies can quickly raise $60 billion? There are massive moats, so many advantages of scale here. How many companies can dominate this market? More than one. It's not just Tesla, okay? But I don't know how you don't look at this space and think that Tesla is so far above any other potential competitor. Yeah. With, their, with Elon's ability to take on risk, to move at lightning speed, to to put out an imperfect product, because that's what you have to do. You have to put out an imperfect product. That's okay in this case, and just iterate and learn. I don't think, I feel like this is everything that Tesla's ever done was for this moment, not for cars. No, I agree. I agree. And by the way, that's why Tesla is my number one holding because, not because I wanted to invest in a car company, it is all the other things and robotics and humanoid is at the very top of that list. By the way, I don't even think it's about energy. Like I think Tesla has a great energy business, but I don't think the moats are nearly as large with their energy business as they are with this business because this is bringing together the AI that Tesla has access to, obviously, you know, the, the almost decade long that they've been working on autonomous driving that they are now applying to the humanoid AI, right? How many companies have that? How many companies have the manufacturing capacity globally that Tesla is building out and the expertise that they're building out on how to scale out that type of manufacturing how many companies have the battery tech also that they happen to have been forced into for their automotive business right well, and 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 the learning behind 
building a factory and then re-optimizing a factory and changing the way they built. Like they learned so much from automotive of how not to build a car. Like their initial like cluster of a manufacturing process was was I think very beneficial to the robot division because now they they know well from day one we have to this has to be a scalable operation. This is we have to just replace anything that we that's going to be a problem for us. But how many companies have the ability to instantly raise insane amounts of capital from retail investors when they have something exciting than Tesla? Tesla, I think, could raise that $60 billion in two days uh, from retail investors without ever going to a bank. Okay. How many companies can do that? Just one, as soon as they actually have this ready to deploy and share their plan with Tesla investors, we'll finance them right? Like, absolutely we would. So there are a lot of moving pieces here. And from my sight line, Tesla has everything required and very few companies do, but Tesla is perfectly positioned for this. Anytime you hear Elon talk about the biggest threat, existential threat to humanity being population collapse, don't believe him. Because what he's really doing is planting the seeds for his Optimus humanoid. He is planting the seeds so that when Optimus is ready, he can say, you know what? We're, we've been so focused on this existential, existential threat to humanity the past five years. I have the solution to it. We don't need to worry anymore. He knows that. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not concerned about population collapse because he knows exactly how to solve the problem. He's just planning. He's building the, the solution. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Like I've seen through that from day one, the first time it came out of his mouth, I said, he's just planting the seed for Optimus. That's all he's doing. It's smart. And he's right. He's right. Without humanoids, it is a major problem. It's a major problem. But with humanoids, it's not a problem at all. In fact, to some extent, you can make a case that you want the population to rapidly decline after we have optimized humanoids, okay? There's really no reason at that point for us to have that many humans because with our ability to scale out intelligence, productivity, efficiency, to, to basically accommodate everything that we need as humans, we no longer need humans to work at, in the bottom part of the pyramid because that's what we've needed for generations. When we say we need lots of I don't humans, we don't need that. them up here. We need them yeah, down I, I here. Don't, I don't so agree we with that. Up here. I don't agree with that, Chris. Even, I mean, how do you not I, agree? I, with I don't agree with that. I, I, how human population drives growth, and it's not just from the production side; it's also from the demand side. Okay, but no, no, no. no but but why? Okay, but the demand side is only to fill the production side of all the humans, right? So, tell me in a world. In a world where we had near perfect ability to accommodate the vast majority of human tasks that exist today, at least, because we'll create new ones, right? So we'll create however many humans we have, we will then figure out what to do with them to make our lives even better. It could be- That's like you're getting beyond your, so beyond your skis right now. I, I don't think we can see that far into the future and what that's going to do. I, 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 well, you're getting into like a philosophical debate about- I don't think it's I don't think it's philosophical. We what would we need the humans to like what would we need them to we were going to have humans we're gonna have plenty of no, humans. produced humans just to work, right? I mean at a certain point 
Well, if you think about how the economy works, you have humans who produce stuff so that humans can buy stuff. And it's just an endless cycle. If we had fewer people doing the producing stuff and enough people consuming stuff to have these robots have something to do, enter yeah, the world of wall where you're just like sitting around have, watching. We're going to have a concentration of wealth even more severe than it is today. That's a negative of it. The bottom line is we're moving to universal income. That's happening, right? We're go everyone's going to get paid. That's inevitable. That's inevitable from this, right? Because once we dis eventually the job displacement will happen. It always has happened. It always will happen and it will continue to happen. And when it happens, all it means is that the savings, the added productivity and efficiencies will get redeployed to those humans in various ways, whether indirectly through Medicare and government services or more directly through universal basic income. That's an inevitability. That, that's coming. I think we all see that, right? So our line of thinking that we need to have 500 million humans working at factories and doing monotonous tasks so they could make the money to continue to buy stuff. It's irrelevant in this case. Uh, we'll have humans that will be doing other things, right? People will be doing more, they'll be doing better things with their time. They'll still be working. We'll still have new jobs, right? The jobs of tomorrow right, yeah, will exist. Right. They just won't be the jobs of today. And the jobs of tomorrow will exist to improve our lives, to make our lives even easier and better. And listen, I think we spend a lot of time focused on the fact that, you know, life isn't as good as it used to be. It's really easy to say that here in the U.S. when we're at the top of the pyramid. But on a global level, if we can figure out a way for everybody to eat and everybody to have shelter and everybody to have some sort of health care, right, as a result of this and to have humanoids helping, you know, the bottom quarter of humanity, we're going to raise the bar. Maybe not for us. But the bar is going to get raised for the majority of you. We just don't think about that part of humanity, right? Here. But this will improve, I think, quality of life for the majority of humans that exist when this happens. I know it's a little philosophical, but I'm, I'm I mean, I don't, at, at what point can you go back? And say, I mean, I know, so, let's take social media side, okay? The social media side. At, at what point can you go back in history and say, man, well, well may, maybe the nuclear nuclear technology too. So take that off the table. And, and you could say, you could say, hey, man, that, that technology, we'd be doing so much better today as humans if it was never invented, right? Like you just, it's really hard to say that. And I don't think you'll say that about humanoids no and i think that as much as ai is going to drive forward and probably shift where humans you know the, the thinking jobs are also going to be augmented and changed because of ai the physical jobs are going to be changed because of humanoids so there's going to be this like place in the middle that that we're going to find things for humans to do i guess i don't know great all right, so that's it. That that's right. Tesla at ten trillion. By the way, I've never been a I've never been a Tesla boy. Like I I just never been a fanboy of Tesla. Ever. But you are now. You. <laughs> I, I, I I'm I'm ripe to become one. I I still want to 
kind of see, listen, I don't know how I don't become one, quite honestly, because you can't stop this train. And I don't think Elon, I've heard enough from Elon to know that he's going full steam ahead with this project and he, there's nothing that's going to slow him down. So at this point, just go ahead and call me a, a, a fanboy because I have to be. Th this is, this is. It's this too big of a change to, to the economy of the world. With, uh, the Tesla situation and, uh, I'm sorry, not the, te the uh, Twitter situation with Elon derailing this at, for any reason. It, it, Jordan, that is like my number one concern. Yeah, right. absolutely. My number one concern is that Elon completely loses his mind or starts to spin worse than he has the last 18 months. And something devastating happens to the brand. Something devastating happens to Elon uh, that ultimately causes just a lack of confidence in the company and its ability right that's the other thing so is this a hit by the bus type situation in that the only person that is strong enough to actually pull this off is elon musk is there any other leadership at the company that can you know do something I, like this that has always been the rub for me jordan with tesla because it doesn't seem like elon has ever you know done the tim cook thing that steve jobs did by pulling in a team a tim cook and giving him that sort of, uh, you know, power. Although they did, really they did. I'm sure there were talented people there, but he sure doesn't, you know, bring no. them up. And, he know. brought up, he brought a whole bunch of people on stage. Not, not any in the recent shows, but was it was it Power Day or AI Day? I think it was Power Day when they when they kind of tried to show how deep the bench was by having right. different product leads presenting their their new features, their new like, stuff. Sure, I think that, like I said, I'm sure there are plenty of talented people at Tesla, but you don't have that one. It's not like he's bringing up this overarching leader um, behind no, it. And, and I think that at some point they need to have like a a Tim Cook just in the wings. But well, but right. also, Dave, this they may is already, unlike, they're just not being public about it. But also, unlike Tesla, this is a massive logistics and servicing play too. And I think the one area where Tesla has maybe been weak uh, is in the servicing of their vehicles as they're starting to scale. This is the type of thing where Apple just executed flawlessly when they got so big that they realized, you know what? We need to put as much effort into servicing how we handle Apple Care, our store experience, right? The Apple Genius experience. And all of that, and, and you know, Apple's one of the few companies where if you have an issue, you can actually call up their customer service and like speak to a human relatively quickly, mm -hmm. as long as it's not after the holiday season. And they've just done an amazing job there. And Tesla has to do the same thing if they want to start deploying eventually tens of millions of Optimus humanoids at thousands of companies around the world that are going to rely on Tesla being able to service, maintain, right? Replace those humanoids for their core business needs. So that would be an area of concern for me. Just generally companies being afraid to work with Elon and choosing a competitor over Tesla, I yeah. think is a risk here. But I will say this guys, a big part of my thesis is that the demand is going to exceed supply of humanoids by such a large measure 
that even if half of the world won't work with Elon or doesn't like something about the optimist, they're going to be forced into it because you're just going to get it humanoid wherever you can. There might be five or six, it looks like, it looks like leading commercialized humanoid manufacturers uh, in the early years, meaning like 2025 to 2027. It looks like there could be half a dozen. There could be a dozen from my research uh, that are able to actually manufacture in some relative form of capacity. Like, I don't think they'll be able to manufacture as quickly as Tesla will, but the demand is going to exceed supply. Yeah, it's, so it's like even, even if two-thirds of industry decided we don't like Elon and we don't want to do business with him, there's still enough demand to turn Tesla into a $10 billion company. $10 trillion. $10 trillion dollar company. Yeah. yeah. And I think there will be other cutlass. There will be other companies that will be valued at tens to hundreds of billions of dollars because of this humanoid movement. In some cases, perhaps trillions. I think there's room for multiple trillion dollar to potentially multiple 10 plus trillion dollar businesses as a result of humanoids. If you move forward to 2035, 2040, I mean, guys, this industry is so large, we're essentially talking at that point about displacing a large portion of human workers. And all of that money is going to be concentrated. It's going to create meaningful political issues. I'm not, you know, you can't avoid that. I, I you know, we talk, we need another show about this day, but I don't know whether, no matter where you sit in the political spectrum, I don't know how taxation doesn't go up meaningfully for those at the up like you you're seeing this talk about wealth tax you're seeing that you're seeing these things in california where if you sell a house now over what four million or five million dollars you pay an additional tax over 10 million 15 million think about this chris so like let's say you get some displacement in the workforce now all of those wage taxes like there's no taxes on the wage that you're paying for a robot Right. So Jordan, I, I think we will we will replace those taxes with new forms of taxation. Right. So they're on the food chain. Yeah, right. and they'll find a way. You know, yeah. Chris is talking about a sub hundred thousand dollar a year robot uh, lease rental kind of thing. They're going to have taxes on that hundred thousand dollars multiplied across yeah. all of the millions of robots. So that's a different it's a different form of taxation. But don't worry, the government's going to find a way to take them. Well, I'm going to remind everyone because you guys watching are Tesla, probably... they're using it themselves and it's an internal usage. You don't tax a company for their own. Well, no, you know, all I, listen, all I'm saying, guys, is that before the Internet, when the Internet came around and people started, remember, Dave, people started ordering products cross state through the Internet. There used mm-hmm. to be no taxation. You would yeah. order anything in the anything that you order off the Internet. There were no taxes. What do we have now? Almost everything on the internet. Order yeah, tax, there's a couple right? of states. There's a couple of states without taxes that you can order from Amazon without paying sales tax. It, it's going to get figured out. It's going to get figured out. The taxes will come. There's no reason to debate how the taxes will come. Governments will figure it out. Uh, I do think that universal basic income is a guarantee. It's just a matter of how quickly it comes and what form. What does it look like? What is it called? Will it be hidden as something else, right? But the, the change is coming, but don't be afraid because the change means opportunity. opportunity. I mean, the yeah. biggest opportunity of our lifetime as investors is coming. And as long as you see I'm the playing. change coming before anyone else, or even even before 
the majority, you're you're kind of in a good position, especially when it comes to like finding the companies that you think are going to benefit most from that change. And I'm really excited to have Chris joining me as a Tesla fanboy. You can come over and enjoy a cyber beer at my house. These just came in. Um, <laughs> you see that? Happy to. You know, I always, <laughs> I I had to be true to myself. I always was a bit jealous and wanted to be a Tesla fanboy, but I just, I never was and I couldn't force it on myself. I just never had a passion uh, for the automotive business like that. And I never really believed in autonomous vehicles in terms of the timeline. Now, I never believed his timeline for autonomous vehicles. I still don't believe it today. I Listen, we might have autonomous vehicles in three or four years, but we might not get them for 30 or 40 years. I don't know. I have zero conviction in the mass deployment of autonomous vehicles happening anytime soon, but I, I have you're a wild card and that's government regulation. Yes. I, I And I've always felt that way. And that's always been the rub with me and Tesla because I always knew that the the big value for Tesla would be in autonomous vehicles because of their ability to push their costs down on their vehicle production and be the ultimate winner by blending their form of autonomous AI with low cost production, with their ability to raise capital and manufacture those vehicles that scale cheaper than anyone else and everything else Tesla's doing. I felt that if autonomous happened, that Tesla would be the big winner, but I never felt that autonomous would happen anytime soon Therefore, I couldn't really be a Tesla fanboy to the degree that so many of you other others were. But this gets me on board because I, I know Tesla can do this. I know they can pull it off. I know they can. As long as Elon, I wish Elon would just get rid of X, get rid of Twitter, because this is everything. This is everything. Elon, he, he won't do it. I know he won't. And he's going to make so much money off of this. He could just not, he, he can, can just he have can continue to X for as long as he wants. <laughs> if the Tesla thing goes as you're imagining it will, and yeah, I also you know Grok. Have you have you talked to Grok on your X app? I I haven't talked to Grok yet. I'm not. I like I'm it. Not ready for a new AI. I almost did, but I just didn't want to. Not yet. See, for me, I actually find it easier because you're already in the X app and just to have that tab down there to when I was when I was in D.C. and I wanted to know something like, oh, has the JFK flame ever gone out? Yeah. Grok gave me an answer immediately so that I would have that I would have had to open up a whole separate app and fig log into my uh, chat GPT account. And it, it was it's just kind of nice to have it all in one. And if uh -huh. and if X ever became a finance app the way that he's talked about, I said. I, I don't think that it's important. I think that it's possible to be a um, a very useful app as long as he doesn't. I I just wish that Elon would be more comfortable delegating actual power to other people. I wish he brought in really strong leaders. Hype that he wasn't up. like the head of like eight different companies right now. Yeah, like. Oh, Elon is, it's because of Elon that Tesla's in this position, but it's also because of Elon that they could just, it could all fall apart. It's just, you need to watch the, uh, the, the, uh, John Oliver that he just did Elon Musk as his, uh, feature story in the last, uh, episode. You need to watch that. And the origins of the Optimus robot, they, they run that hilarious clip where it's the dude in a, uh, spandex suit dancing. Yes. 
And and John has his own spandex suit robot and announced that he's starting a robot company. So yeah, you just you need to watch that. Uh, someone in our comments is like, uh, a crypto crypto is mooning. You're not in on it. Oh, guys, I do have I had some Ethereum. I I've been exiting the last handful of NFTs that I had into this liquidity. Listen, it's not just NFTs that are mooning, guys. I mean, look look at SMCI, dude. You know you remember. Dude, well, I t that's one of the biggest positions in my portfolio is super microcomputer. Um, Celsius is as well. Amazon is as well. Uh, you know, NVIDIA is as well, guys, still. So, like, there are a lot. Of, I mean, it's been a good month. It's been a good rebound month, couple months here. And uh, I'm levered again. Did I tell you guys that? I'm 70% levered? Yeah. I didn't tell you that? Uh, I don't think you told us that. Yeah, I've been le I've been levering up. For the past six or seven weeks, so which the timing has been nice. Um, yeah, I've been did it at the right time. Yeah, so I'm back up to seventy percent leverage, which wow. you know, you know, a Meritrade or or Schwab, you know, now owns a Meritrade. You know, they love that because those mar that 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 uh the margin interest that I'm paying them. Yeah. Dude, and I don't understand at that level of margin interest, why are they not sending me like tickets to Mavs games? Like, I, I need to get some stuff. Like, if they, I they sent me a Christmas card, did you get one of those? Dude, you have a you have a personal advisor, and they will send you a Christmas card. And if you talk to them, they'll lower your uh, margin rates. But well, I already it's have still done a that. little bit over whatever the rate is, and rates are still high. So they're not going to give away free money, but they will reduce it to as as little as like a half a point over at this rate i'm going Something to be like paying that. like mid six figures a year in margin interest to schwab i mean i i want some maps tickets come on it's if they're watching <laughs> if anyone's watching can you please send me four maps tickets because <laughs> so, i'm so cheap i i, I will buy i will pay crazy money to borrow on margin because i know i'm hopefully making more money than that in the market but the thought you, of paying you, you'll spend a half million dollars to borrow money but you won't buy $200 sport tickets. No, that just seems insane paying $1,000 to bring my family of four to a basketball game to with seats I could reasonably see the court in. I can't, I can't do that. And like, I feel like the person I'm paying margin interest to should do that for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm being unrealistic. But, uh, that's all. All right. That's going to do it. Thank you guys oh, so, so much. Wait, 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 Dave. We went more way thing. over today. We're over an hour already. All right, but one more thing. I want to tease our next episode. I want to lock you guys into it. There are some exciting holiday trades. I know we're getting really close to the holiday here, um, but I have some really interesting data on some things that are moving for the holiday season and are also investable. So can we please do a holiday episode of how to make money off what people are buying for the holiday season because like i want to share some of the data with the community and by the way i've been off of discord the last couple of weeks i promise guys i'll get in there i'll share some of this data in discord in the next few days so i'll share it there some of it first All right, uh, well, christmas eve is sunday so we have to do it this week so are you guys this available sunday? thursday is that this sunday is christmas yes christmas is on monday one week from yesterday. That's insane. Okay. So we're going to get a last show of the year in on Thursday the 21st. 
at 11 central. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm talking everyone available. Everyone at yeah. home. Are you, are you available? Give us a thumbs up if you're available and I'm send good. a comment that says you'll be there and subscribe and tell your two best friends to also subscribe because we have to get up to a hundred thousand and we only have one more show to do it. And we're still 1400 subscribers away. So or just, I don't think we're going to do subscribe it. Subscribe your wife or something or your girlfriend or anyone. you That's what I want people to just go open up their texting app. And whoever their top two texts are, these are people that will understand and they'll they'll go ahead and click the link and click subscribe. That's all we're asking. Send your two to three top texting people. Hey, you should really subscribe to this channel. They're trying to hit 100K by the end of the year. Thank you. That may be a violation of uh, YouTube's terms of service. I don't know, but just, just go for it. We don't care. We're done money. We'll see you next uh, on Thursday. Hey, <laughs> hey,